The Sports Gambling Podcast Network is sponsored by MyBookie.ag. Join now and MyBookie will match your first deposit with a 100% bonus. Just use the promo code SGP100 to activate the offer. So visit MyBookie today. Play, win and get paid. The Sports Gambling Podcast Network is also brought to you by Oddshark. Oddshark offer you free picks from the supercomputer and expert writing staff with betting stats and trends you won't find anywhere else. Follow them on Twitter at Oddshark and check them out at www.oddshark.com. The Sports Gambling Podcast Network is also brought to you by BetQL. BetQL is the only mobile app that gives you the best chance to beat Vegas, get easily trackable line movement and see which team the public backs, view betting trends all day, calculate your return and follow your picks right from your device. So head over to betql.co and download the app. listening to the EPL show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at SGP Network. That's at SGP Network. This is your week one preview for the EPL. The Premier League is back today. Manchester United versus Leicester kicks things off on a Friday night game. Yesterday, we put out a show which was previewing the season while well, previewing the title race more specifically we focus primarily on the top six clubs along with getting your fantasy picks out there there will be more fantasy picks today but um, we will be doing a proper pre uh, proper preview of the season uh, next week uh, now that we know who has who because the transfer window has closed we'll be looking again at the top of the table we'll be looking at top goal scorers we'll be looking at what manager might go we'll be looking at relegation and we'll be looking at more fantasy throughout the throughout the season because um, there are going to be players now that start the season that will not be playing in the team's that they play for uh, three or four weeks down the line. We have a lot of reserves playing because a lot of World Cup players are not available yet. Uh, I expect the likes of um, Kevin De Bruyne, Paul Pogba, um, Lukaku, Harry Kane, um, lots of top names possibly to miss out this weekend. But you never know, they could surprise us. Um, Looking at Jose Jose Mourinho's demeanour, um, throughout the summer it looks like the likes of uh, Lukaku Jesse Lingard and Paul Pogba won't be available and um, that means that the first game could be a tough start for Man United but a lot of teams are in that situation when we run through we'll have a look I don't think everybody's going to be as lucky as Man City were where the World Cup players literally just came back and slotted straight into the community shield and played brilliantly I don't think every team are going to be like that. There are going to be some fitness issues. There are going to be some preparation issues. There are going to be some teams that are bang ready to start this season and come out the blocks with a flying start and some teams that are going to get left behind. It's more imperative for some teams to start fast. If Manchester City start with a defeat against Arsenal tomorrow, it's not going to affect their season overall. Um, It's not going to set a tone for the season. They have a lot of easy fixtures coming up. Uh, Pep Guardiola will be able to steady that ship and they'll be able to go on a decent run. It's not going to matter for a lot of teams, uh, but some teams it will, some teams it won't. 
if somebody like Manchester United suffer a embarrassing home defeat against Leicester, a team they're expected to beat, coming off the back of a poor summer in the transfer window, coming off the back of arguments between Mourinho and the board, coming off the back of Mourinho criticising players, then that could set a downward trend. If uh, Arsenal are to upset Manchester City, then that won't really be a big deal. If Newcastle beat Tottenham, uh, with Tottenham missing quite a few players from the World Cup, and uh, St. James's Park being a difficult place to go to, it's not really going to massively upset Tottenham's season. But we'll look at everything in order as we go. And uh, we're going to start with the Friday night game. We're going to start with a game that starts the season. Manchester United against Leicester. Um, this is very interesting because all signs point to Man United winning this game. Jose Mourinho is unbeaten on the opening day and Manchester United as a club have won 17 times on the opening day, which is a premiership record. Leicester also have a terrible record against Manchester United on the whole, especially when it comes to playing at Old Trafford. Uh, it's not it's not a good ground for Leicester. They've um, they only got a draw there during the to- during the season where they won the Premier League. Otherwise, they regularly lose to Manchester United at Old Trafford. I'm trying to find the, stat- the statistic here. Here it is. Leicester have one point in their last eight visits to Manchester United. In addition to Mourinho not losing an opening game and Manchester United winning 17 of their opening games, uh, there are other stats that go in Manchester United's favour as well. Riyad Mahrez was a key player for Leicester, who is now signed for Manchester City. Leicester won 41% of the time when he played and only 25% of the time when he didn't during his time at Leicester. In addition to not having Riyad Mahrez, they're not going to have Jamie Vardy either today, according to Claude Piel. Vardy and Mahrez have scored 57% of uh, Leicester City's goals last season. And um, in addition to that, they also don't have Harry Maguire, according to Claude Piel. He's confirmed that both Maguire and Vardy will miss the match. Um, and new signing James Madison is also a doubt as well. Um, and even uh, Johnny Evans is is, on, is a possibility to miss out as well. So a lot of injuries and uh, issues for Leicester. A lot of people are more so focusing on Manchester United because they're missing more high, more high-profile players like Matic and Valencia and uh, possibly even Fellaini, Lingard and Ashley Young. But they all depends on they all depend on fitness. Uh, Paul Pogba only came back on Monday. Uh, Lukaku did check into training early, so he could be available, although I do think that he'll be on the bench and will probably only come on for 20 minutes if needed. They are more likely to start with um, with Marcus Rashford in the team. So, um, yeah, as I said, a lot of statistics pointing towards Manchester United. But the big statistic that I like in this game is the fact that Four of Manchester United's six preseason friendlies have seen fewer than three goals. Uh, Man United are only averaging uh, 0.83 goals per game, uh, very similar to last year. It's funny that we were so adamant to buy a defender, yet we only scored 68 goals last year in the Premiership compared to 106 by Manchester City. They really do need to sort out their goal scoring. And uh, the fact that Lukaku, Lingard and Pogba are unlikely to play, they contributed for 44% of Manchester United's Premier League goals last season. And uh, none of them are likely to play. Everything here points to under two and a half goals in this game. Um, It looks like really decent value at even money. I don't think we're going to see three goals in this game. And um, if you want me to pick a winner in this game, going by all the stats, I think 
Manchester United will have the edge. I think both teams are missing players. And um, I think Leicester's players are actually more significant than Manchester United's players. I think people can come in and do a job. I think uh, there are goals in the team without Lukaku. I think the back four is still solid. I can't see Leicester scoring in this game. Um, I think this is going to end up being 1-2-0 or two nil to United. Despite the turmoil at Man United, I think they are definitely capable of beating Leicester, who have sold Mares and don't have Vardy and Maguire in the team. I think that's going to be key. If Vardy and Maguire had played, I'd probably be tipping an upset. The preseason preparation has been so bad and so negative. I would probably be tipping an upset here, but without Vardy and without Maguire, uh, I think Manchester United will be able to get through. They have enough quality with the likes of Martial, Rashford, and of course the main man, Alexis Sanchez. And uh, I think Manchester United will be able to get a win tonight and start the Premier League with three points. Moving on to uh, tomorrow's game. We start with the uh, the 12.30 kickoff, um, Newcastle versus Tottenham. Um, this one's really going to be um, all about how many Tottenham players have managed to to make their way back from uh, from pre-season, uh, making the um, Newcastle double chance the big bet here that I'm looking at. What a double chance means is that you get Newcastle to win and Newcastle to draw this game. So any outcome other than a Tottenham win means that you win this bet. I don't like Tottenham at even money at all. Um, I don't like Tottenham without Harry Kane. I think Harry Kane may be in the squad. I think he may be on the bench. I think he may be available to score. Uh, sorry, to come on and and make an impact if Tottenham need to score. Um, if they are losing or if it's nil-nil or anything like that. But I think Newcastle uh, are capable with the, with the Geordie supporters behind them of holding Tottenham here. I do think this game could possibly be a draw. I'm not strongly picking Newcastle for the upset because there are still players in the Tottenham team who are um, who are good enough to, to pull out a result here. So it's not a confident pick. I just like the odds here. I just think Tottenham are too short at even money. But um, there are still players there. They've, they've still got Sanchez. They've still got Aurier. They've still got Ericsson. They still have um, Lamella, uh, Lucas Moura, uh, Lorente has been a decent Premier League striker in the past. So there are still enough players there for Tottenham to, to make them better than Newcastle on paper. But going to Newcastle is tough anyway. I think even with the likes of Harry Kane and Deli Alley and, and all the others in the team, Tottenham would be fortunate to come away here with a with a with a win and uh, especially as I said going to Newcastle on the opening day where the fans are going to be massively passionate and um, I do think this has all the makings of, of a of a score draw or possibly a 1-1 but I'm going to take Newcastle on the double chance in this one moving on from that game we then start with our, our three o'clock games and uh, the first one we're looking at is Bournemouth versus Cardiff uh, Bournemouth favourites here at even money um, the only skepticism I have uh, taking Bournemouth is that their opening day of the season record is quite poor um, they haven't managed to to win one since since they've been promoted however they are going up against a team that I strongly fancy to be to be relegated but um, newly promoted teams sometimes get into the Premier League and catch the uh, the Premier League regulars quite cold that's happened quite often where a newly promoted team have come in and had a bit of a flying start um, and then eventually they get found out and then eventually they begin to drop 
lower and lower down the table. So if Bournemouth are complacent here and think to themselves, we can finally break the hoodoo of um, having poor form on the opening day because we've been giving the dream fixture, which is the, the easiest fixture you can have, which is a home to Cardiff, um, they will get stung. Bournemouth have to approach this game um, like they would approach any other game in the season, uh, needing to get three points, needing to get to that 40-point mark as soon as possible because no matter how much Bournemouth spend or not, no matter how many years they, they are in the Premier League, until they move ground and start bringing in some real, real money to buy some real, real star players and to start growing this club into a top-half team, they're always going to be a relegation team who will always be primarily looking at the 40-point mark. So this is really a very, very early six-pointer, although I don't think Bournemouth will get relegated. I do think Cardiff will get relegated and I think Bournemouth may be able to break the hoodoo and looking at this game at even money, uh, I would take Bournemouth to beat Cardiff in this game. Especially when you look at Cardiff's um, Premier League record from their last stint um, in relation to their away games where Cardiff lost 14 of their 19 games away. Um, I don't think that this Cardiff team is better than the last Cardiff team that was here. I think Cardiff's promotion has been somewhat of a shock even to Cardiff. And um, I think this is really going to be a case of um, Cardiff struggling even to get to 30 points this season. They are quite clearly the worst team in the league. And that's really quite a statement to make in the Premier League when you look at the likes of Huddersfield surviving last year. But I strongly don't fancy um, Cardiff to stay up and, and do a Huddersfield. I think that they will go down. And Bournemouth are a decent team at home. They just need to forget about this opening day thing and um, and just do what they do throughout the season. And Bournemouth's form towards the end of last season at home was really decent. They won five of the last nine. And the only two teams that beat them were Tottenham and Man United. So again, with all that said, strongly leaning towards Bournemouth to get the win tomorrow against Cardiff. Moving on from that, we have uh, Fulham going up against uh, Crystal Palace. Fulham at seven to five. Crystal Palace at 19 to 10. And the draw at 12 to five. This is a really tough one to call because... I'm expecting Fulham to have a really good season in the Premier League this year. Um, they play really, really good football. They look like the um, the best team in the Championship aside from Wolves. So it's surprising that they had to go through the playoffs. And um, as I said, it was really, really surprising that Cardiff managed to secure second place. But Wolves and Fulham definitely were playing the best football. And it's really quite a unique thing to say that um, that's two of the three newly promoted teams will definitely stay up this season. But I think Fulham and uh, Wolves are going to have absolutely no problem. Not only do I think Fulham and Wolves are going to stay up, I think they have a real chance of making it into the top half. They are a lot better than some of the teams in this league. Fulham are on paper a better team than Crystal Palace or Wolves. Uh, they're both better than Bournemouth and Cardiff. They're better than Huddersfield. They're better than Watford. They're better than Brighton. So, yeah, I think they're in that kind of category where they should be coming up behind the likes of Leicester and Everton, but are probably better than the rest. And um, that goes for both of them. There isn't too much to split between Wolves and Fulham, even though Wolves were the ones that ended up winning that league. But how will they start? Will they go cold on the opening day with the Premier League? Uh, will Palace be desperate to start with a win after losing 
their first seven games of the Premier League season last time out, which was a record, uh, and somehow miraculously managing to survive. They've managed to keep hold of Wilfred Saha. will be vital throughout the season. For me, um, this one looks like it has all the makings of a draw. It's a tough London derby between two teams that will be desperate to not start off with a loss, but also two teams that I don't envision being anywhere near the relegation zone this season. I don't think Palace will be anywhere near there. I don't think Fulham will be anywhere near there either. I think these are two decent sides who may play out a um, an entertaining draw in this game. I think both teams could score in this game. Um, I'm just not leaning towards Fulham winning this game because Crystal Palace last season only lost three of their last 13 away games. And um, each of those three losses came against a top seven club. So Roy Hodgson really did steady the ship there. And I don't think with a preseason under him, he's going to come in and uh, be lackluster and lose to Fulham. At the same time, I don't think Fulham are going to come up to the Premier League and uh, lose their opener in front of their home fans against uh, Crystal Palace. I think it's got a draw written all over it. Um, Fulham are the favourites to win this game. Therefore, it makes good value for Crystal Palace on the double chance. Just in case Fulham freeze, you've then got Palace to win this game as well so in summary your bet for this game will be for Fulham not to win it and uh, as I said earlier have a look at both teams to score as well it's a, it's a decent price at um, at five to six for this game up next we're going to be looking at Huddersfield against Chelsea Huddersfield were my massive tip to go down last season They'll be my massive tip to go down again this season. They haven't added too much. They are still one of the worst squads in the Premier League, um, aside from Cardiff, who are slightly worse than, than Huddersfield. I think those two have to go down this season. But um, we'll talk more about that on the on the second half of the Premier League preview show, where I'll be joined by one of my colleagues to um, to break down the, the Premier League season properly. As, as you're getting an indication as we go through this uh, it's difficult to do the opening day of the season when so many players are still missing for the very very top clubs one of the teams who are actually lucky to not have a ton of players missing are Chelsea they could be without Kante and they could be without Hazard but they still have tons and tons of class in this team they're able to put out a team with their regular fullbacks. They're able to have Willian and Pedro out wide. So even though they haven't got Hazard, they've got them. They've got those two there. They've got other decent midfielders in the team like Jorginho and Cesc Fabregas. Uh, they're able to put Bakayoko out on loan. Uh, they're hoping for a better season from Morata. They've got a £71 million goalkeeper. I think Chelsea at four to six are one of the best bets of the weekend. I know they didn't look good in the Community Shield last week, but I strongly fancy them to bounce back against a Huddersfield team who really performed some kind of minor miracle last season by managing to stay in this league because on paper, their squad really, really wasn't good enough. Will their luck extend to another season? I don't think so. But if they are able to pull off a result against someone like Chelsea here on the opening day of the season, then that really will tell you that team spirit is a major factor. And sometimes team spirit can definitely override having the quality of players on the pitch. It'll also be a really, really bad start for Chelsea, who will be desperate to get off to a good start with a new manager especially after the previous manager seemingly lost the dressing room so early on last season and Chelsea ended up just 
floating along and ended up finishing in fifth place, although they did end up winning the FA Cup. So I think Chelsea really, really need a win here. And I think that's exactly what they'll do. I think they'll look a lot more convincing than they did last week in the Community Shield. And um, I think it's going to be a very difficult season for Huddersfield here. Chelsea to win. Really good bet, four to six. Moving on to the final three o'clock game, it's Watford versus Brighton. Um, obviously, this is probably the least sexy game of the weekend. Um, you could argue it could be um, Bournemouth versus Cardiff or Fulham versus Palace, but with the with the newly promoted sides there in those ones, there's always more of a focus on that in terms of how, how they do. Uh, this one is really just two teams that finished in the bottom half last year, um, expected to be involved in the relegation battle, especially if they don't get off to, to good starts. Um, Watford are priced at 13 to 10 here. The draw is 21 to 10. Brighton are 23 to 10. Uh, for me, this looks like it's going to be a tight game where nobody really wants to lose. But I think home advantage on the opening day is quite important. And I'm narrowly taking Watford to win this in a low scoring game. Don't have too much really to add to this one. Um, I do have um, a fantasy suggestion here. Finally, um, haven't really been giving many out as we go. I will touch on some at the end in case I've forgotten any um, looking through my notes can't really see too much, possibly something for the Man United Leicester game. But again, as I said, I will readdress that at the end. But yeah, I wanted to just talk about Pascal Gross here in the Brighton team. Gross was involved in 44% of Brighton's goals last season. So if you do need a cheap kind of midfield player, and when I say cheap, he's not 4.5 million cheap. He's 6.5 million cheap. He's bang in the middle of that category where you just need any kind of fill-in. So a Jorginho, a Kante, a Romeo, they're the kind of players that people usually go for just to fill up the squad. However, Gross provides you points and value. He's not going to be a Sane or a De Bruyne or a Salah or a Mane or a Deli Alley. And he's not priced up like that either. But what he will do is he'll be a solid investment for you, uh, especially if he's involved in 44% of Brighton's goals. Again, a uh, decent pick there. But my pick for this game is going to be Watford to win uh, a low-scoring game. Moving on to the other, um, well, the final newly promoted team that we'll get to see, and probably the one who attract the most interest. It's Wolverhampton Wanderers going up against Everton. It's the 5.30 kickoff tomorrow. A lot of interest in Everton as well, uh, who, like West Ham, who we'll talk about later, have done a ton of business in this summer window. Wolves are 13 to 10 favourites to win this game. 23 to 10 the draw uh, and 23 to 10 Everton. Now, I really like Wolves and Wolves are a classy team who have signed loads of players, but should they be favourite? against Everton, a team that are guaranteed to finish in the top seventh, I think seventh place. It's weird to pick out a specific league position for someone if you're not saying they're going to finish first. But Everton are not going to penetrate the top six, but they are not going to finish behind any of the other teams. Everton will finish seventh. And for Wolves to be this kind of favourite against Everton, doesn't make too much sense to me. Uh, I'm liking Everton here on the double chance again. I know I've given out a lot of double chances today, but I have to give out the bets that really, really stick out. And taking Everton at four to six to avoid a defeat in this game against the newly promoted Wolves side after Everton have done so much good business and are managed by the manager that they've wanted for so long. 
and there's an, air, there's an aura of positivity around the club. I just can't see why Wolves would be this strong a favourite, and I really fancy Everton to not lose this game. So I'm taking Everton there at 4-6 to six on the double chance on the 5.30 kickoff at Wolverhampton Wanderers. Moving on to Super Sunday, we start with... Liverpool versus West Ham two of the most interesting teams to watch this season West Ham have signed a ton of players we'll be covering West Ham extensively when we do the second part of our post transfer window preview show next week we're having a real good look at West Ham we'll be talking more about Liverpool we talk I talked a lot about them personally um, as title challengers in the part one the part one preview, uh, the, the pre-transfer window podcast that was out yesterday, um, strongly fancy Liverpool to challenge Manchester City. A lot of eyes will be on Liverpool here, including their new signing. Expect to see Cater, expect to see Fabinho. Definitely you'll see Alisson Becker in goal. Um, obviously, we saw Van Dijk last season. We'll see that front three again. We might even see a cameo by Shakiri. I don't think he'll start. Meanwhile, on the other side, you're going to see a load of new debuts in West Ham shirts. You're going to see Felipe Anderson. You're going to see Yarmolenko. You're going to see Jack Wilshire. A ton of interest in this game. Um, Liverpool, as we said, have spent a lot of money defensively. Um, there is a statistic that points to goals in this game. Liverpool's opening games under Jurgen Klopp are usually goal heavy. They had a 4-3 win a couple of years back and a 3-3 last year. Um, in addition to that, there's an interesting stat relating to Sadio Mane, who you may want to get into your fantasy team. He's trying to score in the opening weekend of the season for the third year in a row. So that's really interesting for me. Uh, I would definitely be looking to include Sadio Mane, although if you guys are going for Mo Salah, I won't say that's the wrong thing to do. It absolutely isn't. Mo Salah is a must. Um, and sometimes it doesn't make sense to get in the likes of um, Firmino and Mane and Salah because there's only a certain amount of goals that teams can score. But in addition to that, I also like a lot of Liverpool defenders as well this season. I like the goalkeeper Becker. I like Nathaniel Klein, who's probably going to start the season ahead of uh, Alexander-Arnold. I like Van Dijk because he scores goals. I like Joe Gomez because I think that he's going to be the centre-back that plays um, at least until Lovren comes back. I think Gomez is going to get the nod ahead of Matip. So tons and tons of fantasy to go for from Liverpool. Where do I go with this game though? Because Liverpool are heavy favourites at one to four and West Ham are as big as 11 to one. Um, some statistics for you. Uh, Mo Salah has scored 44 goals for Liverpool last season and he scored three of those goals against West Ham. Uh, and now Ovich and Firmino scored 38 goals between them last year. And um, Liverpool have scored four goals in each of the last three meetings between these two clubs, winning the last two matches 4-1. For me, that says this is going to have goals in it. For me, it has to be a Liverpool win. So I'm going to go for Liverpool to win this game and over two and a half goals. So you need Liverpool to win this game and for three goals or more to be scored in this game. And I'm taking that one at four to seven. That's my tip for this game. We're going to see goals in this game. Um, it might not be a 4-3 or a 3-3. I think it could be more along the lines of that 4-1. I think West Ham are going to have a decent season, but it's going to take a while for these players to settle. Um, but you never know. It could be a shootout um, and West Ham could completely click straight away. It doesn't look like it, though, based on the um, based on the preseason results. So I am going for a Liverpool win here with over two and a half goals. Up next, we have... 
Southampton versus Burnley. This one is only on a Sunday because Burnley have already started their um, Europa League campaign. Uh, Southampton are five to six to win this game. Burnley are eighteen to five, and the draw is twenty-three to ten. I really like Burnley to get something here on the double chance because Burnley have already started their season early. Um, they've already been playing Europa League football, so they'll be fitter than Southampton. In addition to that. They finished above Southampton last season. Um, in saying that, Burnley's away form towards the end of the season wasn't that great. Yes, they did manage to maintain a decent league position, but um, they were dropping throughout um, the second half of the season after accumulating that 40 points total quite early. So it's hard to say who really is the better team on paper, but it's not hard to say who the fitter team is. Um, I think... Um, not only am I leaning towards a double chance, but I'm 100% leaning towards under two and a half goals. It was a regular bet in Southampton games that me and James went for last year. Don't see it changing, especially against a team like Burnley, who are massively defensive. Uh, their defense first, goals last. Um, I could see Burnley nicking this game 1-0, could easily see a 0-0, could easily even see... Southampton winning it uh, 1-0 as well but what I can't see is anybody winning it 2-1 and that will be essentially how you lose the bet on over two and a half goals don't think it's going to happen for me 4-7 to seven is a really good price and I'm going to take under two and a half goals in this game and my second best bet for this game will be taking Burnley on the uh, on the double chance obviously because they are fitter however as the season progresses and Burnley do lose that advantage, I do expect Burnley to drop down the table. I do expect Burnley to be much more closer to a relegation battle than they will be towards uh, challenging for Europa League places. I don't think Burnley are going to finish in the top half this season. Uh, I think that it's going to be a bottom half finish and possibly a relegation battle, uh, possibly a relegation battle for both of these because neither have added anything to their teams. But uh, yeah, definitely under two and a half goals in this one for me. And uh, finally, we move on to the game of the weekend. It's Arsenal versus Manchester City. Arsenal are 13 to 5. Manchester City are 10 to 11 favourites and the draw is 14 to 5. Uh, you could make a case for Arsenal because they are fitter. Only took nine players to the World Cup. Manchester City took 16. Uh, key players like Kevin De Bruyne are likely to be back, although we saw last week it didn't make a difference against Chelsea. However, Arsenal have all of their key players. Their new signings are playing. Torreira's playing. Socrates will be playing. Um, Bellerin will be available at fullback. Uh, they, they can choose a goalkeeper here. It'll be interesting to see if Arsenal do start with Peter Cech this season or if they go with their new signing. Uh, Aubameyang's available, Ozil's available, Lacazette's available, Mkhitaryan's available. So I'm not sure if I'm confident enough to take Arsenal to pull off the upset. But what I'm 100% confident about is picking both teams to score here at 1-2. to two. Uh, I think Arsenal have a ton of attacking threat I think Unai Emery is a decent manager despite really not doing too well at Paris Saint-Germain as I said uh, on the Premier League preview show despite the fact that he obviously did win two titles he was there to win the Champions League and never came close not once in the two seasons he was there so he needs something Arsenal needs something uh, everybody needs a boost here there's a big aura of, aura of positivity coming out from Arsenal and of course Manchester City are positive too because they're the champions and are heavily expected to retain and have just come off the back of a convincing win at the Community Shield. However, I do like the signings Arsenal have made. I do like the positivity there and uh, Arsenal are not easy to beat at home and I think Manchester City are very overpriced here 
at uh, at ten to eleven. I, I don't think that um, I don't think they should be ten to eleven favourites to Arsenal. Yes, they should be favourites, but certainly more along the lines of six to five, something of that nature. I don't think that they should be um, ten to eleven here. It's um, it's 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 overpriced. It, it shouldn't be that. It's just way, way, way too short, especially when you don't have Kevin De Bruyne in a team. It's it's, it's not like you're going to a, a Huddersfield or, or a Brighton or a Cardiff. You're going to Arsenal. You're going to the Emirates. You're going now in the opening day of the season. You're going up against a new manager. You're going up against a team that have made signings. You're going up against an attack that has Ozil, Lacassette, Aubameyang and Mkhitaryan in it. And uh, yeah, I just, this isn't Manchester City bias. I mean, I tipped them to win the league again on the, on the preview podcast, but I just think that they're going to have a tough start here. I like Arsenal on a double chance but as I said the main bet that I really love here is both teams to score in the main game of the weekend Arsenal versus Manchester City so that's your Premier League tips for week one we have covered every single game what we didn't really do throughout that is extensively cover fantasy I think we did do it for Liverpool we talked about getting gross into your team from Brighton but um, what we didn't do and I wanted to do it separately because otherwise it would have taken ages to review each game specifically for team news is look at players who will come into teams and are cheap because they are not regular starters the first one that leaps out at me is Manchester City's Bernardo Silva he's going to be playing in Kevin De Bruyne's position because I think Mane, sorry, Mares and Sane are going to be covering the wide roles. So it's going to give Bernardo Silva a chance to play in a position he doesn't usually play in. After that, when De Bruyne is back, you, you never know where he's going to play because Silva's also having to come back as well. Um, so we don't know whether De Bruyne is going to drop off, uh, whether Silva's going to come into the team, whether Bernardo Silva's going to take Silva's place in the team. Uh, we don't know where Raheem Sterling's going to play, so we don't know if Sane's going to remain to be a decent pick. But at the moment, I think Sane and Silva are really decent picks to have in your team. Um, if you prefer Mares to Sane, that's absolutely fine. It's pretty much the same price. Uh, I like Aguero, obviously. Um, he's a regular starter. He's going to play ahead of Jesus. But um, not really looking at the likes of Aguero right now, though. Uh, not really looking at the likes of Mo Salah or Sadio Mane or Christian Eriksen. What I'm looking at is players that don't usually play, but are going to get a few weeks of first-team football. So, as I said, Bernardo Silva is a name I have down. Lero Sane is a name that I have down. A few others I have down are Manchester United defenders. Manchester United didn't manage to sign a defender, which was well-documented, but at the same time, they've also lost defenders. Ashley Young isn't ready to play. Luke Shaw's played every preseason game. We don't have a right-back. Anthony Valencia's injured, so that will mean Matteo Damian, who wasn't sold to Inter Milan specifically for this reason, will start the season at fullback. So Damian and Luke Shaw are really good picks in Man United shirts. Uh, you have to look at Tottenham defenders as well. Sanchez is guaranteed to play because Alderweireld and Vertonghen aren't ready to start. So Sanchez is going to be a solid pick for a few weeks. Uh, ben Davis is going to be a solid pick over at left back because uh, he will be preferred to Danny Rose. Is Kieran Trippier going to be back in time or is Serge Aurier going to get a few weeks in the side of Tottenham? Is Lorente going to be the striker for anything more than this weekend away to Newcastle or is he even going to be are they going to spring a surprise or is Harry Kane going to come back but Lorente is certainly worth the gamble there if you're looking for a cheap striker who's going to be playing for a top team um Nathaniel Klein at Liverpool I believe is going to get the nod at right back I don't think it's going to be Alexander Arnold so what I would suggest that you guys would do is have a look 
get an app or go on Google and have a look at the teams that have played in the friendlies. Because if you see somebody there every single week, like Nathaniel Klein, it's unlikely that the season is going to start without Nathaniel Klein. It's unlikely that Manchester United are going to put anyone in at left back instead of Luke Shaw. It's unlikely that Young's just going to come in and replace him. There is no other option but Matteo Darmian playing at right back. It's definitely worth going to have a look, going to have a look through the, the teams at pre-season and seeing who's playing. Um, other ones here I've got down are Morata. Morata is the first choice striker. Olivier Giroud hasn't played a single game for Chelsea during pre-season and uh, he's not going to all of a sudden come in and replace him not only because Morata's played more games but I don't think Giroud's going to be picked ahead of Morata I don't think um, that Sarri's going to do what Conte did I think Morata's going to get a fresh chance and at 9 million he's a crazy price you have to be having a look at Alvaro Morata, who last season was one of the top picks and started really well, but just completely faded out. Morata is a decent striker. He is a good finisher and he does give you a ton of value at 9 million if you can't afford to stack your team with the likes of Harry Kane, Lukaku, and um, and Aguero because nobody can that would be stupid you'd be so top heavy that you'd be taking absolutely no points in defence and midfield so loads to look at there at fantasy and uh, so that's kind of why I wanted to do it in this section I really wanted to say look at players who are replacing the players from the World Cup because uh, there'll be loads and loads of value there if you do that and take the time to do it I've given you the ones that I've gone for but I'm sure you guys uh, if you're playing fantasy you're going to be good enough to go and find your own you, you're not going to want to just copy my team especially if you are playing in the Dirty Sheets Sports Gambling Podcast League um, the code is up on my Twitter account at Dirty Sheets Pod it is the pinned tweet so if you're listening to this uh, a few hours before the Premier League season kicks off, you still have time to do your bets and you still have time to do your team. So join in at Fantasy Premier League. It's fantasy.premierleague.com. Um, it's, as I said, it's the pinned tweet at Dirty Sheets Pod on Twitter. So make sure you join Fantasy. It is a great laugh. laugh. Uh, if you don't in our league, just join anyway. Just 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 play against your other friends or whatever. But our league is £50 to join with a £400 prize and we are paying out for the top four. So go and check that out. Finally, let's close out this show with a lock dog parlay it will be just me this week but i will be joined by a colleague next week as i said on the premier league preview show i am looking at people i am looking at varying it i am looking at jeff i am looking at shiraz baziko i am looking at james george popping on i am looking at a new guy called josh paul um whoever I speak to and whoever I feel uh, out of my WhatsApp groups and through my social media communications are the best people. We will bring them in throughout the season. If you guys are loving someone, tweet me up and say, yeah, we want this guy every week. Uh, you really like Shiraz Baziko during the World Cup. So if you want to hear more from him, let me know because there's going to be more podcasts in the EPL. There's going to be European podcasts over at my lock betting feed. There's going to be a European preview podcast on the sports gambling podcast. But if you want to hear a European show every week, it's going to be over at lockbetting.com. It's going to be a Champions League preview show on the sports gambling podcast. And there's going to be Champions League previews every single week. But um, the European show, I have to reemphasize this specifically. A weekly European show will be done on lockbetting.com and a European preview for the season will be on the Sports Gambling Podcast next week. So next week you're going to get uh, part two of the preview 
post-transfer window Premier League preview show. We'll be covering next manager go, next manager to go. We'll be looking again at the title race. We'll be looking at the top goal scorer, and we'll be looking at relegation. And obviously, again, we'll be looking at more fantasy. And then, in addition to that, there'll be a European preview show. And in addition to that, obviously, there'll be week two of the Premier League. So don't forget all of that. Don't miss out. Um, and if you do want a weekly European show, head over to lockbetting.com. There are packages available there. I'm not going to advertise them here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You all, it's, self, it's self-evident if you go and have a look. There are packages for other sports. There are packages for football that you can buy. Everything will be tracked throughout the season if you want to win money. But again, like I said, I'm not going to fully give out the details here on the SGP. I'm not going to use this platform to advertise my other stuff. So just go and check it out, lockbetting.com. That's all I'm going to say before I move on to my lock dog parlay, the first one of the season. So hopefully we start with a winner. My lock is going to be Chelsea to win at Huddersfield. Um, there is a lot of stuff I do love this week, um, which is rare for the opening week of the season. Uh, Manchester United, Leicester under two and a half goals is certainly something I'd recommend betting with Man United without Lukaku and, and Leicester without Vardy and Man United not scoring a lot of goals throughout the preseason and not scoring a lot of goals last season either and not really addressing those problems. I think under two and a half goals is great there, but I just cannot see Chelsea and Sari not starting with a win, uh, especially going to Huddersfield. I I, I love that selection, um, but I'm really, as I'm saying it, I'm really really torn between both of these, and uh, I love either one of these as a lock. But um, I'm narrowly edging towards Chelsea there. Um, I just can't see them not starting with a with a with a convincing win at Huddersfield tomorrow. So Chelsea will be my lock of the week. Although, as I already said, I very much like Man United Leicester under two and a half goals. I also really like Southampton versus Burnley under two and a half goals as well. If you um, if you were listening to the podcast last year, you would be aware that we won a lot of money betting under two and a half goals in Southampton and Burnley games um, with Southampton and Burnley individually, that is. And then to get them together against each other uh, really looks like a under two and a half guarantee. Um, definitely going to be adding that one to my parlay um, along with Manchester United, Leicester under two and a half goals as well. Um, but we'll get to my parlay in a minute. So I just want to confirm my luck. My luck is Chelsea. Uh, my dog, my dog is going to be Arsenal. Um, I can't see a ton of dogs on the board here. Um, obviously I could go for a Crystal Palace or an Everton, but um I really do think that Arsenal have an edge over Manchester City fitness-wise. And uh, obviously there's that new manager morale boost that always happens when a new manager comes in. Um, There's a aura of optimism around Arsenal as well. Um, And as I already touched on, less players that went to the World Cup, fitter players, um, decent players as well. And... um, and yet I just think that they're a really good price at three to one. Um, as I said, I could tip something else. I could tip one of those um, away teams like Palace could win at Fulham or or Everton could win at Wolves. Um, I don't think there's going to be anything drastic like Leicester winning at Man United. I certainly don't think Huddersfield will beat Chelsea. I don't think West Ham are going to do anything at Liverpool. But 
I do think that Arsenal have a chance to upset Manchester City. And what I like most here is the price at three to one. It's absolutely massive. Uh, as I already said, City are way, way too short at 10 to 11. I don't like that at all. Um, if you was being conservative here as a dog, I'd take Arsenal on the double chance. But um, but I'm not going to. I'm going to take Arsenal to win this game here. Um, and hopefully we start with a massive underdog winner um, on the lock dog tees. Um, my tees, or sorry, my parlay, lock dog parlay which is uh, what it's called here on the EPL show uh, I'm going to go for those under two and a half goals bets I'm going to take Southampton Burley under two and a half goals I'm going to take Man United Leicester under two and a half goals and I'm going to add an over two and a half goals to it with Liverpool versus West Ham Overall, that parlay pays out a massive £430 from a £100 stake or $430 from a $100 stake. So that's the treble. We're going to run through that again because it's the first one of the season. Lock dog parlay. The lock is Chelsea at minus 150, four to six to win at Huddersfield. The dog is going to be Arsenal at three to one to beat Manchester City. And the parlay is going to be under two and a half goals, Southampton Burnley, and that's at four to seven. Under two and a half goals, Manchester United versus Leicester at even money. And over two and a half goals in the Liverpool West Ham game at one to two. And uh, yeah, there you go. That's your lock dog parlay for week one of the EPL show. I'll be back next week with week two, where I'll be joined by one of my colleagues. Uh, there'll also be the second half of the preview show post transfer window. Now we know where everybody is. We can cover everything. Top goal scorer, next manager to go, the relegation battle. We can look at the title race again. We can look at other prop bets that me and my colleague may find. And of course, as I already said, there'll be a European preview show next week looking at all the major European leagues. And there'll be a weekly European show on my feed at lockbetting.com, well, my website, where if you sign up to it, you'll get your own podcast feed, your own RSS feed, and you'll get all of the podcasts from Lock Betting, uh, not just the European one, but you'll be able to get the Q&A show and there'll be betting packages there as well if you if you want to sign up to those. So go check that out, lockbetting.com. But of course, all roads lead to the Twitter account of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. So follow the guys at SGP Network. That's at SGP Network. Check out all of the sponsors, mybookie.ag, uh, BetQL, and of course, Odd Shark. Um, I've been Billy. Thanks for listening to me. Good luck with all your bets. Sure.